Let us now turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, may your word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Psalter reading this morning comes from Psalms 107, verses 1 through 7, and verses 33 through 37. Listen for the word of the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. And some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town, hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight path until they reached an inhabited town. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the wickedness of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry live, and they establish a town to live in. They sow fields, they plant vineyards, and get a fruitful yield. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. Listen again for the word of the Lord. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do what they teach you and follow it, but not, do not do as they do for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and at the best seats in the synagogues, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher. You are all brothers and sisters, and call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the Father in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your Son and for your word that teach us your ways. 
Use me now, Lord, as your vessel to speak your truth so that all who hear your word might believe and receive eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's sermon title is Practice What You Preach. Have you ever heard someone say, do as I say, not as I do? It's a pretty selfish command that comes from a person who wants to have his or her own way, his or her own freedoms to do as they please, but does not offer the same freedom to others. In my formative years, I had a school teacher who always made that statement, do as I say, not as I do. And even as a child, that uh, felt that something inherently was wrong with that statement. After all, what's the point of instruction if the instructor does not lead by example? What real upstanding teacher goes by this double standard? The youth of today would not fall for do as I say, not as I do, because they are constantly challenging the system and would be quick to point out the lack of fairness in the statement and action. This is precisely the point Jesus made in today's passage, the warning against false religious leaders. How did Jesus get to this point according to the Gospel of Matthew? You know, Jesus, he's, he's pretty cool. He's mild and compassionate and loving, but it seems he seems to have a bit of an edge in this passage. So let's go back and let's see what brought him to this point of warning the disciples in the crowd. Well, a few days prior, Jesus entered Jerusalem, hailed as the Messiah. And the day after that, his, uh, of his arrival, Jesus cleared out the money changers at the temple. And, of course, word got back to the religious leaders, and they questioned Jesus' authority. But Jesus stumped them with a question of his own in chapter 21, verse 25. John's baptism, was it from heaven or from man? Jesus went on to tell parables here and there while the religious leaders were plotting to trip up Jesus, asking him questions about paying taxes, the resurrection, and the greatest commandment, all to no avail. Jesus was patient and never missed an opportunity to seize a teachable moment. Jesus asked the Pharisees this question, what do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. And he replied, how is it then that David by the spirit calls him Lord saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemy under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give an answer nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Since the religious leaders were not willing to learn from the best, Jesus turned his instruction and warning to the crowd and to his disciples. Who here knows it is not good to get on Jesus' bad side? I imagine Jesus must have been thinking, 
Bless their hearts, the Pharisees. They just don't get it. But I only have a few more days here on earth, so let me warn the disciples and potential disciples what they should and should not do. Have you ever been in a similar situation where you talk to your blue in the face and the person does not understand no matter how many ways you try to explain? You go walk away. You turn your conversation towards someone who has a better grasp on the reality of your words. Friends, don't let Jesus walk away from you. Hold on to his mighty word. In verses 3 through 7, Jesus tells the followers exactly what to avoid doing. Do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They are good about lying, uh, laying down the whole law on everyone else except for themselves. Instead, they bring attention to themselves with their showy, holier-than-thou appearance. They took Deuteronomy 11 and 18 literally. You shall put these words of mine in your heart and soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your, ha on your hand and affix them as emblems to your forehead. Now, this was the custom, to have phylacteries or little boxes containing scripture on, tied to the forehead and also on the arm closest to the heart, as they were in the habit of praying morning at noontime and in the evening. Also wearing tassels or fringes on the corners of their garments, that was a tradition. However, the Pharisees' phylacteries and fringes were bigger and longer than average, causing them to stand out in a crowd. Jesus told his disciples in the crowd not to take the seat of honor at banquets and synagogues, nor should they desire to be greeted in the marketplaces or to be called rabbi. These verses warned the disciples of the danger of distinctive clothing, one subtle way that faith can be distorted. This quest for honor and uh, possessed the disciples repeatedly during Jesus' ministry. The desire to be number one, to be considered great, was a major social spiritual disease attacked by Jesus. And it was exposed now by Jesus as a principal source of false faith. The Pharisees and the scribes were considered by Israel the most valuable members of the community, and the honors paid to them in greetings were especially full and warm. Particularly dear to the teachers was the greeting, my great one, the literal meaning of rabbi. Jesus' time on earth was nearing the end, so he warned all who would listen about the trappings of false faith and false leaders. Jesus started this passage with a warning to all his followers in a way that showed respect for the law as well as for the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. He recognized the fact that the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat and as such instructed his disciples to do whatever they teach and to follow it. Israel had a tradition that the Lord built Moses a chair on Sinai from which the law was handed down from Moses 
to Joshua, to the elders, to the prophets, and so on to the present Bible teachers today. All who later occupied Moses' chair received respect because of the chair's venerable past occupants and the present duties, the exposition and the application of the law of God. Jesus here emphatically pays the respect and command that attention. Jesus ended this passage by drawing his followers' attention to the fact established from the very beginning. Jesus pointed to his disciples to the one Father, our Heavenly Father. God is the Father of faith. No earthly being can take his place. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. Also, Jesus pointed to one instructor, the Messiah, who taught and modeled true discipleship and showed them they are brothers and sisters of God's family. He came as a humble servant serving others. He practiced what he preached unto death on the cross. Jesus told his disciples in the crowd that the road to greatness is servanthood and judgment will surely come to those who exalt themselves for they will be humbled. Brothers and sisters in Christ today, God wants us to know we are disciples in Christ and if we humble ourselves in service to one another, we too will be exalted in God's kingdom. But what does that mean for us right now? And are we supposed to refrain from titles of position of leadership at church, at work, in our community, so that we don't become like the scribes and the Pharisees of Jesus' time? Well, of course, we, we don't want to be like the scribes and the Pharisees, but absolutely not. God blessed each of us with different gifts and talents and leadership at church, work, and in our communities is a gift and it should be used as such. 1 Corinthians 14 and 33 speaks of orderly worship. For God is a God not of disorder, but of peace, and as in all the churches of the saints. And this is applicable to work, at home, and in our communities. The key question is, are you lording your leadership over others? If we are not focused on God loving and uh, loving God and loving our neighbors as ourselves, then leadership and power has the potential to go to our head and we become authoritative, lording our leadership over others. That is exactly what happened with the scribes and the Pharisees. They left God far behind for the attention of the marketplaces, for the best seats at the banquets, and in the synagogue. They forgot they were supposed to be God's humble servants and they used their position of power to exalt themselves in their communities. Friends, God must always be the focus. With God as our focus, it is easier to remember every generous act of, of giving with every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Second, be the example of good Christian discipleship. 
Jesus was the greatest example for his disciples then, and he is the greatest example of discipleship for us today. Life is challenging and frustrating, and the temptation is always there to lash out at someone, to overlook someone else's gifts or talents or contributions. However, if you stay in the word, if you follow Jesus' example of how to teach others and conduct yourself with love, compassion, and the same grace that you want for yourself, then life's challenges are a little more manageable. Finally, friends, walking humbly through life one day at a time is key. The Bible shows there is reward for those who are humble. Psalms 149 and 4 says, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns them, those who are humble, with victory. Proverbs 3 and 34 says, Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he shows favor. And Matthew 18 and 4 states, Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We should walk humbly. And as the great song says, one day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking of you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday is already gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. God, help me today. Show me the way, one day at a time. Brothers and sisters, the good news today is you are all brothers and sisters under one God, the Father in heaven, under the instruction of the Messiah. The greatest among you are your servants, and all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. So, practice what you preach. Amen? Amen.